This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 213. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined today by Barb Sodiropoulos, and she, she's been on the podcast before. We also did a personal interview with Barb, and if you're interested in looking her up and listening to that interview, I would highly encourage you to do that. I'll have the link set up in the show notes for you, so you can just click on that and be able to listen to her personal interview on the podcast. But more importantly, I mean, she she is a, a prolific color pencil artist, for those that may not know, and she also writes for the Color Pencil Magazine. Barb, how are you today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? Never better. So today, we're going to talk about our favorite colored pencil colors and why. So I'm so excited about this show. Um, this is something that a lot of artists, you know, they'll email me from time to time and they'll ask about... Uh, which colored pencil I like the best, which brand I like the best, and then which color I like to I gravitate towards and things like that. I'm sure you get similar uh, comments as well and people wanting to know what colors you like the best and what palette selection you choose for different things that you work on, right? Yeah, totally. I think, um, I mean, one of the most common questions I think people tend to ask are what are the right colors to use? And I think it's... It's not so much about right colors. Um, I mean, it definitely something that it's been discussed on the podcast before is just the idea of, you know, picking the right tone as opposed to the right color. Because even if you decided to do something completely monochromatically and yeah. uh, from what the original reference photo was, um, you could... You could certainly do that. And it's, it's more about getting tone. But I think at the same time, you know, we all have colors that we gravitate towards or certain colors that we tend to use a lot in our work just because it seems to always be the go to that works for either shading or, or, you know, highlights for that matter. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a common thing. And I mean, considering most of us are working in color, it's definitely, uh, an, an important thing. So. Yeah, no, very, very true. And I think it does bear repeating, even though we have covered it on the podcast, that, yeah, color doesn't matter as much. But it it's kind of a fun thing to find yeah. out, you know. Tone matters. Yeah, values matter a whole lot. But it's just fun to find out what other artists uh, gravitate towards as far as color selection, hue selection, whenever they're completing their pieces. For sure. And I don't know about you, Barb, but there is one color in particular and I, I don't care which uh, colored pencil brand I'm using. There's one I gravitate towards, and it's the hue selection. It's it's within this primary range of blue. I, I don't care if I, I'm drawing something that is in, um, I don't know, pinks or something, pink and white. I'm going to find a way to put blue in there. I don't, I don't know how or where it's going to go, but there's going to be blue in there somewhere. It's I'm funny, always, I... probably always going to use blue. 
it's funny. I've, I feel like I've been using blue a lot more lately too. Just uh, indigo blue, especially oh, really? or like a dark yeah. indigo. Like I find uh, I used to use browns a lot for shadows and I find that I've been really more gravitating towards using a blue now and I feel like I'm getting a much better result with that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, it goes back to basic color theory too, in terms of like mixing your colors uh-huh. and getting certain results. But uh, right. I think I, I actually prefer having like an indigo blue over even a black at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned dark indigo. Uh, the polychromos dark indigo is just like my go-to. I just love that I pencil. There's just something about it. And yeah, I always really I try to keep a stock of like a minimum of 12 of those <laughs> individually. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I feel like I'm going to run out at some maybe, point. Maybe a and, little obsessive. But <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, there was a point, though, at which I went into the store. I think it was Plaza Art, one of the local pencil stores here. And it has a lot of open stock on colored pencils. And they were down to like two of the dark indigo polychromos. And I went up to the counter nearly hyperventilating. And I said, when are you going to get more of the dark indigo Colored pencil, polychromos pencil line uh, in your open stock. Like, Wait, what? What are you? T- what are you asking about? <laughs> and uh, I bought those too. And then uh, it was some time before they had any more of those. And I, I know because I was checking back each week, and that really made me nervous because I, I like to. I know I could order them online, that kind of thing. But I, I like to have that just instant gratification sometimes if I need it, you know. You're very clearly not the only person that does that. Yeah, my local art store that I buy um, most of my supply from, it's usually the Carandosh white that is out. Oh, and every yeah. time I go there, they never have it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm sort of thinking, there is somebody who is coming, but it makes me want to then buy multiples. because it does. There's <laughs> just like that scarcity psych- mentality, you know? <laughs> know? It's like this it's weird like, psychological thing we're all doing is, to each other. We're like, oh my God, I need to buy these, otherwise I'm not going to have any. You know, secretly, they're back there in the back, probably like, ah, it worked again, you know, don't, yeah, don't put those out, just put two out at a time. Just put two out, people are going to buy them like crazy. Oh, exactly. (laughs) But I I like using that one in in, uh, the dark indigo in portraits and doing just like a grisaille method for an underpainting with portraits. I think it lays a nice foundation Mm -hmm. and you can see it. I've heard of people starting out with like peach or, you know, faint yellow or something, you know, I don't know if that's color, but it might as well be. Um, using some of these light colors to start out with their portrait, like a part of the line drawing. Like, I, I can't even see that. I, I don't know why you would do that. But so that's my advice to you if you're starting out uh, doing portraits or really anything where you're wanting some type of grisaille approach to the drawing process and you're open to that idea where you're going to work out the values first, start with like a medium to a darker color. And I this is a dark pencil, hence the term dark indigo. And I really like starting out with that one, but I don't increase the pressure very much at all. I use a very, very light touch in the very beginning, and I start in the darkest areas first, and I work out from there. Now, that's a good approach. That's a good way of going, just starting out with something. And I'll tell you what it's done for me is it has allowed me to create projects that otherwise I was overwhelmed by. And I thought, this is so difficult. I'm not even sure I can do all of this. This is overwhelming. But if I started out just working out the values and starting in the darkest areas first and then gravitating slowly towards the areas that are within the middle value range, it has broken down the process to a point where 
I I had confidence in what I was doing because it was not as overwhelming when I broke it down that way with that approach. I, th- I think it sounds like what you're doing is almost similar to using a toned paper as well. Yeah, kind of, um, kind of is. Yeah, because I find um, with uh, in particular, if you're using, say, like a toned gray paper, I th- I think right. for some people, if you if you're if you're struggling with your lights and darks, sometimes mm-hmm. it's if you're starting in that middle value, it almost gives you yes. a good starting point of like, okay, well now I know how dark to make my darks or how light to make the lights. And so if you're working with just True. a white paper, it sounds like um, it's very similar. If you're using that that color, just kind of getting that middle value in, and then you can kind of adjust from there which is which i think is valuable for people that are maybe struggling with that as well i think that's great advice and while we're on the topic of of white you know and you're talking about the luminance white um i think that's a a good thing to to talk about very quickly that's one of the pencils that i jokingly refer to the white pencil as uh my magic pencil because (laughs) It's it's one that I use just a lot of typically. It's just a nice pencil to go in between layers. Um, it's nice to to use it to soften down the saturation uh, that you've built up in an area. I think it's just a, a good pencil to have around, and I, I usually just refer to it as my magic pencil. Now, I do like that Luminance pencil quite a bit. I've been using the Derwent Lightfast pencil range for a little while now. And on this most recent project, what I found when I used uh, my typical sharpener and I had a really long, long point on the pencil that it it got a little bit brittle at times, uh, more brittle than what I wanted. And I was really I wanted to just keep this particular project um, purely uh, Derwent Lightfast. I, I wanted to only use that pen- pencil range for this project. And so it was hard for me not to grab the Luminance pencil, the white pencil of the Luminance brand, because I really, I knew that it would not be as brittle as that uh, Derwent Lightfast pencil. It, it's not that, it, it's a good pencil, and I, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. What I did then instead is I I used a different sharpener that tapered the point rather quickly instead of having this long tapered edge. Uh, And then with a little more pressure, it performs pretty much the same way. If you're using a real long straight point, there's a lot of torque that you're putting on the pressure of that little tip. Then, you know, if you're going to like a medium pressure, you're going to break that point. And with this pencil in particular, the Derwent Lightfast, what I found happening is I had little shards of the white that would flake off just a little bit. And so just know some of the differences in your pencils and the pressure that you're putting on the pencil. Sometimes you can switch over to a different pencil sharpener and get a different point on that pencil and you can keep using it. So I don't want to get too far into the weeds, but yeah, those are two pencils that I love to have in my palette when I'm working through a piece is I've got to have a dark and it's usually that dark indigo. And then I want to have that magic pencil with me as well, a white pencil. I think that's a really interesting comment you made too about wanting to just use specifically the Durant Lightfast in that drawing because I think yeah. that's actually a really good challenge for artists. I think you know, especially people who are a little bit maybe more um, experienced, you'll you'll have your different brands that are your go tos for certain right. colors. But it is it's actually an interesting challenge to try and do an entire piece maybe with just one brand. And you know, one uh-huh. of the things you mentioned there was was sort of like a, a creative problem solving thing, right? It's like okay, well, I don't yeah. want to use this 
this other brand. So how do I now uh, get a similar result? Or how do I find the solution by, um, you know, to, to, to get the result that I want? And for you, it was, you know, finding a different sharpener. And I think I think that's, it's actually, it's an interesting creative challenge that way. And, and, um, you know, it definitely for some people as well, I mean, if you're limited to only one set of colored pencils, you know, it, it also goes to show that you can still create certain things without having to have all these specific other things that maybe an artist you really admire uses and, you know, but maybe is affordable or available to you. Like, it, it's still possible to to get these good results without um, having to have all these very specific colors or specific brands. So I think that was actually really great to mention. It forces you to uh, reconsider the way that you're thinking about 100%. the way that you're showing up and the way that you are executing through your piece. And it brings more awareness to maybe your quote unquote handicaps, the things that you think you absolutely need. You know, when it comes down to it, you can create fabulous pieces of work with pencil and paper. That's totally. it. You know, yeah, yeah we think, think we need all these other things sometimes. Yeah, and I think it's really important for, you know, artists just getting into the medium to know that because yes. a- again, I think there's this this attitude of thinking, okay, well I need to have, you know, this specific pencil and whatever. And and to some extent, yeah, like some of those things will help you get to certain results quicker for sure, right. but um, you know, I-, I would hate for anyone to think that they have to have those things to be able to yeah. create art that looks a certain way because exactly. at the end of the day, like again, if you use your creative problem solving skills to to find a way to to get that result professional grade pencil and a uh, archival piece of paper and you know you you can do it it can be the simplest thing ever all right so what about some other colors what what else do you like barb um i really like the faber castell kaput mortem i feel like i'm butchering Mm -hmm. how to say that which is funny coming from someone like me with my last name but i don't (laughs) i I, yeah i I really love that color i love it for portraits it really is it's really interesting it's it's a warm enough color and it has enough red in it that you can use it for for you know um, areas that are more in the pinks or, or dark reds but it also has a bit of a brown to it so it works well in shadows like it's it's one of those colors that i feel like just really has a lot of versatility in terms of the tone that it's at and what you can do with it and I find I use it quite a bit for portraits and I'll use it in everywhere from areas in the eyes to you know skin tones to um, you know even in hair like it's I feel like it's it's just such a such a great color and I feel like it's that's one of the ones that I try to always have extra on hand of for sure. Yeah, I do love that one a lot as well. And, and and you're right, that one you can use nearly everywhere. And I what I really love is if you're just wanting to sort of darken the tone just a little bit in an area, it it's sort of a little cheat pencil where you don't have to think about the color a whole lot it's because it's got this grayish tint to it as well, as well yeah. I guess, hence the term uh, mortem. But you can just, you know, use that and you know you're going to just sort of dull down that whole area. And it and if you're using it everywhere, then you're going to have some uh, cohesiveness in the piece and some balance, yeah. uh, color balance. So it's going to be fine. Yeah, I feel like I put that color up there with you were talking about indigo. Like to me, I feel like those are two colors for portraits, especially that are like they just Absolutely. have to be there. They're like my go tos for for sure. Going back to the white pencils, I also really like the Durant drawing Chinese white. 
Uh, oh, that yeah. one, that's that one I find, one. I think between that, the luminance and actually the Carandosh Pablo white, I find they all have a little bit of a different opacity to them. And, um, I, I'll use between those three for depending on what I need them for. So i I feel like that's, that's one that's worth mentioning. Uh, the one thing that's a downside of the Durant drawing Chinese white though, is the, the tip is, it's a little harder to get a really fine tip on that one. Unless yeah. you're, I mean, you almost have to like use a, like a, like a box cutting knife and like, or like a, you know, exacto knife to, right. uh, to sharpen it manually to get a really fine point. But that's, that's a really great one too. No, no. Why do you say that is? What do you mean? What, uh, the comparison then to it and luminance. Oh, you- I, f- I find Go it actually, I find it more opaque actually than luminance. Mm-hmm. I, f- I find it, I mean, and it's, it's, it's a little bit more buttery, I guess I find, um, I don't know. There's something about it that I find it's better for larger areas too, just because it's yeah. got that slightly larger tip. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, they're both great. I think I just, it's, it's one of those ones that I, I think for whatever reason, I feel like the result that I get from it is, is maybe a little bit more, um, not consistent, but, uh, uh, for maybe consistent for what I'm looking for. Now yeah. we're talking about the Faber Castell Caput Mortem and Caput Mortem Violet. Um, there is a colored pencil color within the Derwent Lightfast that is very similar to the to the both of those pencils. And actually, there's several that are uh, within that tonal area, that hue selection right there. But this one I used so much, Barb, that I've worn it down to like this little nub now. I can't even, I mean, it's always I was a good on one sign. project. <laughs> the name of this one is Mars Violet. So I, I've, I've got to order uh, some more. And that was in the Expanded 72 set. Nice. That one is such a nice color. Now, there are, like I mentioned, there are some others that are very close to that color as well. I like the Venetian Red is one in particular, and Ruby Earth also, but Sienna is another one. that They're they're very similar, very, very close, but there's something special about that Mars Violet that I really love. It's one of those as well that, just like the Caput Mortem, that you can just use everywhere, and you're not going to go wrong with that. I think what's interesting, too, about colors that we tend to gravitate towards is that uh, it ends up sort of uh, infusing itself into what ends up being um, like your signature style, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Good point. Like, I, I feel like, um, you know, one of the recent um, pieces that you posted, I feel like even without seeing that it, it was a piece that you had done, I knew that it was yours, partly because of the style, but also just the color palette very much. Um, it oh, seemed, really? Yeah. I'm getting that predictable, am I? Well, I mean, it's a compliment. That's a good thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I think, I mean, it's just, I, I would say that's the same with uh, Aliona Nicholson's pieces. Like, I think, yeah. like, uh, you know, I, I mean, for that matter, Esther Roy is a good example as well. Right. Like, her color palette is so... A specific, and you know, just in terms of about favorite colors, I mean, she very, very clearly has a set of favorite colors that she likes to use for her pieces in it. And it's something that ends up then making your work very identifiable without people even knowing it's your, like reading your name associated with it. So I think that's, uh, it's interesting, the things that we end up picking, it, it, it definitely is something that infuses, it infuses itself as being part of what your, you know, the look of your work is. No, I think it's a, a very good point. There is another color that I like a lot when I'm not using dark indigo. I also like to use the Ink Tints line of pencils. I like the color Bark in that one. Nice. Uh, that's a very nice color uh, to use even for your underpainting. 
if you're somebody that is just really bothered by using uh, water-soluble ink under uh, as an underpainting and worried about what it may do, what you could do if that bothers you is you could use that as your underpainting and not using water with it. I'm not talking about that, although you could do that, but just using that pencil as a dry medium and then spraying that, protecting that under a fixative, and then going on top of that if you use a light layer of a sprayed fixative on top of it. It's a good option. Nice. Yeah, another color I really like is the uh, Prismacolor Carmine Red. I feel like Mm -hmm. um, that specific, it's like a pinkish red, but I feel like it almost has like a fluorescent quality to it, and it's it's um it I haven't found a color in any other brand that is quite the same as it like pale geranium lake and favor castell polychromos is sort of similar but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to have the same level of brightness to it which is and again I, I mean I tend to do um you know pieces that have a lot of bright colors in them and stuff too and and I just find it's it's one of those colors I always seem to gravitate towards as well for again areas in the eyes or just you know areas that I want to have like. I'll use it even more in like a, a lighter um, layer just for um, areas that I want to have a little bit of pink in. And it's that's kind of a favorite of mine as well. That's one thing that's really nice about the Prismacolor Premier line, though, is that you can you can use a lot of the the reds and the pinks. Um, and you got to watch the light fast on, on yeah. those and make sure you're using light fast ones. And that's something that's um, it's missing. When we're talking about brighter reds and we're talking about yeah. pinks in particular, that's missing from a lot of the other pencil lines. Definitely. And I and I find I tend to um I tend to go to the like I, what I actually really like about Prismacolor is they do have a lot of those brighter colors. Um yeah. I mean, Polychromos is obviously one of my favorites as well, but um their I find their their color palette tends to be a little bit more subdued. Which is definitely yes. great for things. I mean, especially when you're dealing with portraiture or realism, you usually want that because um, it's it's going to give you colors that are a little bit more truer to life. Um, and I would say that with the light fast range from Derwent as well. But yeah, if you're into if you're into doing things that are you know maybe a little bit more on you know, not as skewed towards realism. I mean, Morgan Davidson's a really great example. A lot of her work is very bright and very colorful. Um, She still has an element of realism to what she's doing, but I don't know that she would necessarily be able to achieve that same brightness and intensity in the colors if she was using the Durant Lightfast range, because they just don't have those colors available. So, um, you know, that... It's definitely something that's interesting about that brand specifically and the and the type of colors that they're offering. While still, I mean, for there's still quite a lot of them that are also very light fast. So um, I think it's interesting too when you're picking colors and when you're deciding what type of what what type of look I guess you want your work to have. Sometimes a brand does make a difference. Um, you know, if you're again, if you're skewing your work to to being more vibrant, you know, you may want to go to, I mean, and again, I'll bring up Esther Roy as an example. I think some of the colors she's also achieving, she likely needs to use, you know, Prismacolor, a brand that has similar intensity of the brightness um, of those colors. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to get the same result. Right. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. 
There's a couple of other colors or color selections uh, that I really enjoy using in the Luminance, a Karen Dosh Luminance uh, brand of pencil line. And, and don't worry if you're listening to this and you're, you know, maybe walking the dog, you're driving to work or whatever else, working out or whatever. Um, we take all the notes for you. I'll have this uh, linked up in the show notes where you can just click on whatever colors we've been talking about and uh, those will open up uh, as options for you. You can see what we're talking about. But in the Luminance set of pencils, uh, especially I think if you're someone who enjoys doing portraits, there are some really nice uh, selections in there within the range of burnt sienna, burnt ochre, and brown ochre in particular. There's a lot of other complementary colors as well, but with those three especially, they come in the 10% and 50% and and then the 100%, I call it, just the, the full strength of whatever saturation level that particular color is. Now, just having those options available to you allows you to create a curve or a gradation in that pigment, in that hue that is so nice. And I, I wish more pencil lines would do this and they wouldn't just you know do that with the blacks and the grays and that sort of thing, but they would do it within some of these hue selections. I mean, there's ways of getting around it and there's ways of achieving that anyway, but it's nice when these pencil lines are actually uh, doing that for you. I I love that. Definitely. One other thing I wanted to mention is one of the things I really like to do when I get a new set of colored pencils is to make a colored pencil chart. So one of the advantages to doing this is I'll I'll take a sheet of paper that I would normally uh, work on. So a lot of times people will print out um, charts on just computer paper, but I find it's actually more valuable to do it on the type of paper that you plan to do your pieces on. And I'll just do a a fully saturated swatch and then I'll do like a bit of a gradation. And then I'll also have all the information about that pencil, including the light fast rating. So what's helpful about doing that is it gives you a chance to sort of play with the pencil and see what the color looks like. Because often the color will actually come out differently than what the barrel color is. And that's important also to keep note of. I know a lot of brands try to make the color that's on painted on the outside as similar as possible, but that's not always the case. So it's a really good way to kind of experiment with the colors ahead of time, see how it performs, get a little bit of a, uh, a feel for it ahead of time. And of course, there's a little bit of work involved, but if you're, if you're yeah. a little bit nerdy about it, like I am, like I have like a whole stack of, of charts and I find I refer back to them a lot too when I'm working on a piece because I can just go and look and be like, okay, I want this color and, and I know where to grab it from. Cause sometimes even the color that's on the packaging is not that accurate. So <laughs> right. as, as we all know, colored pencil isn't exactly forgiving. So, you know, aside from also right. having like a test, you know, scrap piece of paper there, I find it's uh, it helps you make your color selection a lot quicker to having that chart already made. That, well, okay. (laughs) Um, I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) Um, I am just not that organized. I mean, mean, listen, uh, this is my art school training. (laughs) (laughs) I see a lot of people do that. And and I, I look at that and... For me, I, I can just tell you, and I've, I've talked about this um, more on other episodes of the podcast in, in the past, I, I see that, for me especially, I'll say this, 
That would be a fancy way of procrastinating. If I started taking all these copious notes on everything, it really would be. I mean, I admire that people can do that, um, but I have seen students, especially in person. I, I've got one guy in particular. I think he listens to the podcast, and he'll he'll laugh when I say this because I tease him about it all the time. But he he comes every Friday, and he he um. He's been with me for over a year. Yeah, over a year. And um, he's, I'm trying to think, did he complete one? Pro- he, well, he abandoned one project. He's on, he's on a new one and he's been on that one for about a year. Um, and he makes, he, he makes charts. That's all he does in class. He makes charts and um, he's making little samples and little charts on what he may do with this bird that he's been working on forever. I mean, the and, key is that you actually do a piece, but actually follow yeah. through and do a piece. It's not <laughs> right, just about right. the chart. I'm just saying the chart yeah, is no, a really no, I, good I, introduction. I yeah, I was, I was, I was using an extreme example to tell you yeah. why I don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Maybe do this is it, just and part I, of this process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor guy. But one thing you said that I hope everyone picked up on is the fact that you use the same paper. You use the same paper as your project. And yes, the lack, because every paper is going to perform differently with that pencil and the lacquer on the back of the pencil. Yes, you do. Don't ever use that as a guide, really use it as, you know, a sight guide whenever you're looking at what pencils you have, but don't think it's going to be exactly the way that lacquer uh, finish says that it's going to look because, you know, they're just trying to make it within Within reason, they're trying to get it pretty accurate, and you'll notice some of the pencil lines do a better job than others, but then sometimes there'll be one or two pencils that they're just way off on, no, and I don't sometimes know Sometimes it's so off that you're I know, just it's like, so wow. weird. It's like, why Why did you even choose that like, particular- who was responsible for Yeah, this? who did that? I, I don't- Right. I always think about that. It's just so odd. Totally. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope this has been a good discussion. It's been a lot of fun talking about it. And if you have something you would like to add to this, we'd love to hear that. You can always comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. Again, we take the notes for you over there. You can reach out through email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. This is a weekly show. We'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.